Hello, everybody, and welcome to Data Endures October Tech Talk. I am Kirsten Burke, and I am joined, I believe, by Shaheen Peruz, who is our Chief Information Security Officer and CTO. Uh, I am going to imagine that he has donned this uh, costume partially because Halloween's a few days away, and also because we're in the middle or at the end of Cybersecurity Month. Shaheen! What's up? Well, I was on the dark web and I found this mouse. <laughs> and I decided it would be great for today. And since nobody can hear me, I'm gonna take it off. But it's great to see you, great to see everyone. This is uh, the first time we're live again in what, two A years? Long time, two too years. long, too long. <laughs> so um, so we're, we're delighted to be here and uh, changes the dynamic of being in person together. So so we're excited to talk to each other and, and have some fun with you. Um, anyone who saw the write-up for this tech talk, we are kind of um, dovetailing in with Cybersecurity Awareness Month, obviously something that's near and dear to our hearts being in the business that we're in. As Shaheen and I talked about what to talk about, um, we started talking about awareness, right? And, and the difference and the importance of awareness versus preparedness. And since I'm a communications person, right, I went to talk to my handy dandy Webster's dictionary and, um, and the difference between awareness and preparedness um, is interesting, right? So awareness is head knowledge, right? I'm aware of a situation. I'm aware of something going on. Preparedness, interestingly enough, is a state of readiness especially in times of war or preparedness for a war. And it just got me thinking um, that, that awareness certainly is great, right? Um, I am walking through a dark parking lot at night in the middle of the city, want to have situational awareness, want to be looking and seeing what's around. But for me to be very safe, I need to be prepared. I need to have had some self-defense. Uh, I need to have a uh, something to fend somebody off, right? Preparedness is more of an action. And we really wanted to talk today about in this month, but every day of the year, let's talk a little bit about cybersecurity preparedness and how to help companies move and especially move your employees from the head knowledge to how do we make sure that employees and organizations are, are in that state of war because really that's what we're in. Yeah, um, we we often say internally and to our customers that uh, it's security is everybody's job. It's not just the job of IT. It's not just the job of the security team. And the but we also have a conflicting position on that. We say that don't make your users mm -hmm. be your first line of defense. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's sounds like it's kind of contradictory and conflicting, but in reality. There are first lines of defense before the user. Mm -hmm. If you make them the third or fourth line of defense, then you're in better shape at being able to catch those things that tools don't. The, the fact is tools keep getting better, hackers keep getting better. And it's a leapfrog game that is constantly um, one trying to outdo the other, one trying to catch up with the other. And there's going to be things that get through. And uh, I was uh, I was talking to the um, CTO of a software security company um, a couple of days ago. And he said, look, you're one of two kinds of companies. You've either been hacked or you're gonna be hacked. Mm -hmm. and, and we keep saying that in the industry, we keep repeating those same things. 
It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the facts are you need to, number one, be prepared. But number two, make sure your staff and employees and individuals are trained and aware of what to do and how to spot bad stuff. 93% of attacks come through email. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that it takes one click right. to create a ransomware situation. So all it takes out of that 93% of attacks is one to work. Well, and you take a look at the sophistication, easy for me to say, of a lot of these um, email phishing attempts that come through, right? Um, I had an email come through the other day that was from the um, CEO of a vendor that I work with saying, hey, our address has changed, you know, please remit payments here. And thanks to my awareness and preparedness, right? I didn't just take that face value. I reached out specifically to him, specifically to our account manager and said, hey, is this for real? Mm -hmm. Because we have seen and we have had customers experience um, kind of that social engineering where they've spent a lot of time, they were in the system, they knew kind of the internal dynamics and reporting structure, and we had um, employees redirect funds where they weren't supposed to go. So there really is, I mean, awareness is critical, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like what you do with that awareness as an organization and then what you have individuals do with that, you know, gets you in that biting shape. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, one of, and, and we, we've recently started to talk a little more about our services, which I don't want this to sound like a sales pitch, but one of the services we offer is security awareness training. And when I'm speaking to a prospect, they say, we're good. We already have to know before. Mm -hmm. And whether you're using know before or any of the four or five competitors to them, I say no before because they're 90% of the market today. That's great. That's a good tool. The problem is most of us are using that tool for generating false attacks. And then if somebody fails, we send them to training. Mm -hmm. That's not making anybody aware. That's only testing that they don't make mistakes. And if they do, sending them to a remediation school. What, what we do instead with our security awareness training is we do monthly training it's about eight minutes mm -hmm. it's pretty quick and it goes through you know fun uh, little videos that explain a topic it could be phishing it could be smishing it could be any number of business, business contact yeah Ours this month was when you're remote and and the idea is you want to continuously train not just test mm -hmm. and testing is making an assumption that the training has already happened mm -hmm. so i think those tools have the capability to do security awareness training but in 90% of the cases, when I speak to customers, they're just using the testing. Mm -hmm. And they, they, the testing is followed up by a, a punishment, a punitive, you have to go to class now because you failed the test. Um, so in, in our opinion, a better approach to making your end users aware is to give reoccurring training, make sure that they're every month getting something new, make them understand security a little bit better. It's, you know, this is not a black art, but it feels like it from the outside. Mm -hmm. What we do is a lot of common sense. Mm -hmm. We look for the needle in the haystack. We, you know, we're that's the job we do day in and day out as security experts. Because of that, we have to be very myopic about the things we look at and the things we see. Users aren't expected to be like that. Mm -hmm. So we can't expect the users have the same mindset that we do. We have to 
make them aware, do security awareness training about what are the types of attacks? What do the bad actors behave like? What do the guys who wear masks like this do so that they can protect themselves um, and protect the company by extension? Well, and and we talked a little bit about organizational preparedness, right? So, so we're focusing on the employees. We're focusing on their behavior, which is really important. We know that endpoints are super susceptible, especially given you know the, the what's happened in the last three years. So the other thing that, from an organizational awareness standpoint, is right is to your point. Let's not make the battleground be with the employees. So what are the defenses we help put in place ahead of time to um, narrow down those that do get through? And you know, maybe you can talk about that, the relationship between what we do expect the end users to do or that we want to enable them to do, but what we recommend the organization takes charge of before it even gets there. Absolutely. Um, we, we've got... Uh this approach, this five-layered approach to security that we think is what encompasses the holistic view uh, in terms of increasing your security posture and making sure you have the proper layers to protect your environment and your users from attacks, not, not from internal attacks, not from others, just the basics to say, we are going to make sure that the environment is safe from an outsider coming in and doing stuff. There's other things we do in terms of insider attacks and somebody who gets in the network, but the five layers are simply this. Number, number one, first layer of defense is email because 93% of all attacks come in through email. Everybody says, I've got cool tools for that. I've got Proofpoint, I've got Mindcast, I've got, you name it, pick a product and stick it in there. Problem is gateway solutions alone are not enough. If they were enough, we wouldn't have seen a 600% increase in ransomware attacks starting at the beginning of uh, COVID. The, the, those tools do a decent job of triaging things and finding malware that is an attachment or a file or whatever and doing antivirus scans against a file-based attack. They do not do a phenomenal job of looking for links that are going to a bad site, looking for things like that. They, they, some do better than others, but none of them are phenomenal. So what do you do? Our approach is we do the equivalent of NTA, which is network threat analysis. We call it ITA, which is inbox threat analysis. We crawl every inbox and we look for bad stuff. We look for things that are malicious in nature or are anomalous and we identify those anomalies and we block them. We prevent them from getting to the user to begin with. So let's say we take that 93% down to 20, 30, 40. We've taken a significant chunk mm -hmm. out of the risk uh, uh, posture. The traditional email gateway solutions knock that number down to probably 50 at best. And so having a little bit more, whether it's 10, 20% more, is a significant mm -hmm. impact that will get you some additional layer of comfort. But there's obviously stuff that's going to get through. So what's the next layer of defense? Layer two for us is DNS. Every piece of malware out there, 80% of the malware out there, or bad products, whether there's it's file-based or file-less, they need to talk to their command and control. They need DNS to function. So if you have DNS defense, DNS protection, 
then you're protecting against another 83% of attacks that end up getting through the email. So we've knocked it down to about 20, 30 that get through. And then of those 20 or 30, we're gonna knock it down significantly because we're preventing 80% of those from getting to DNS. Mm -hmm. And not any DNS solution is good enough because um, a lot of hackers now do uh, direct to IP bypassing DNS. So you also have to have a solid IP database that says this is a known bad IP address that's tied to this bad URL. So it's not just URL defense, but it's actually known bad IPs. So those two layers come together in terms of the first two layers. Those, by the way, the so-called XDRs in the world are missing those two layers 100%. Mm -hmm. They do endpoint and they do some logs, which brings me to our next layer, which is endpoint. You have to have a solid endpoint solution. And are all endpoint solutions cut the same? No, absolutely not. And if you pick one this year, is it gonna be good three years from now? No, absolutely mm -hmm. not. We have constantly changed our endpoint solution and we do it on behalf of our customers because we don't, we're not a typical MSP, MSSP. We don't resell the technology and then manage it. So when we replace it, we replace it across all of our customers and they get the benefit of our research and development to change those things out. That endpoint solution is so critical. We do shootouts more often on the endpoint than we do on any of the other solutions. We do regular shootouts on every single product in our category in our in our categories. Um, and we're up to about 13 to 15 products these days. But endpoint probably gets more attention than anything else. Um, the, there's a huge reluctance to change from something people are comfortable with. And I see a lot of customers that are using uh, well-known, I'm not going to name any of the brands, but well-known products that are traditionally antivirus solutions that have added behavioral-based modeling to their, to their stack. And those solutions often are the ones when we go do an incident response for a new prospect, those are the solutions that are in their environment. Those are the things that they are using to protect their environment. And they're like the puppy dog or the, the big dog you have that is a lover. And every time the bad guy comes in your house, wants to go and play and lick their hands, that's what those antivirus solutions are like. Um, they don't do a darn thing. They don't protect you at all, but they look good. And you, you got a checkbox that says I've got endpoint security. So um, that is probably one of the most critical things. You have to stop the attack on the first endpoint it lands on and not let it encrypt, not let it cause the damage, right. not let it delete. Yeah. Right. Um, the next layer of defense is missing in 99.9% .9 of customers I speak to. And it's um, it's hard. It's, uh, it's probably one of the most difficult things. Uh, it's network. And by network, I mean micro-segmentation and network threat detection. So a lot of people will say, I've got Dark Tracer, I've got whatever that does NTA-like functionality, that's great. But those solutions are not um, creating segmentation. They're identifying the problem. So you have to have a combination of segmentation and the threat analysis and honeypotting and deception technology. All of those things have to play together. So our NDR offering is designed to reduce the attack surface by saying this application group is 10 servers. And if it gets attacked, it's only 10 servers that are going to be attacked. Right. It's not going outside of that. And the first reaction most people hear when I say segmentation is, oh my God, that's really hard. Um, I did one. It's, you know, the joke we've made before is that's that's segmentation or micro segmentation is where CISOs go to die. Um, 
I, I have no intention of dying on this hill. Uh, the, uh, the, the technology we've deployed, what we do with segmentation gets you up and running with at least one application, but up to 10 within 90 days. Literally having segmented network, understanding your environment, understanding the traffic, the flows, and then having honeypotting functionality. So even if you don't create the segment, if we see malicious activity, we redirect it to a honeypot. So when you take those four layers in conjunction, that is really holistically, what should be an XDR solution? And you might guess that's what our XDR solution does. And uh, the last thing, the fifth layer is the, uh, the people. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, you, I've probably worn this record out, but I say, having a sim without a sock is like having a, a tower, a guard tower without a guard in it. And it's pointless because you can't see the hordes coming at you from the other side of the wall until they're up at the top of the wall. Or if you randomly decide to send someone up there, you know, at some point and see, oh my God, they're at the edge. Yeah. And, and it's too late at that point. You can't do anything. You can't, you know, put uh, oil and fi uh, fire in the moat and stop them there, you're, you're stuck. You're literally, your castle is in siege. Um, and the, the sixth attribute of, it's not a sixth, but the, the key attribute that works most importantly across the, this ecosystem is that you have to be able to do this all distributed. Mm -hmm. It's, the, the edge is gone. We don't have an edge anymore. The edge is the device that you're sitting in front of. That could be in Starbucks. That could be in your home office. That could be at a customer site. That could be in a trailer at a field location, or that could be in the corporate office. It doesn't matter where the device is. You need to be able to extend these layers of security to the endpoint and not rely on them being behind your firewall. So traditional DNS defense is firewall-based. So the 50% of your people that are still working from home are not protected. Mm -hmm. uh, traditional endpoint security mostly works when they're off campus, but it relies on some sort of on-prem solution to do better, um, to get more logistics, to get constant updates. So if you have somebody who's never coming in the office, you hope that they VPN in to get their updates, or you hope that you have a SaaS solution that lets them get their updates from wherever they are. So distributed is the key mm -hmm. attribute of all of these layers working well in today's distributed world. Well, I think I think that distributed factor goes back all the way back to why is awareness so important? Mm -hmm. Because in the past, in the not so distant past, right? Um, we were in a building, we could go run over to an IT person and say, hey, what about this? This, Should I click on this? this smells fishy <laughs> um, or whatever. But but you don't have access to that anymore, right? And you know, maybe you can you know, send an instant message to them over Zoom or whatever, but you don't have that access to help the way you did. And so end users are kind of fending for themselves a little bit more, right? And if they have to do that, we have to give them more sophistication and more intelligence and more preparedness yeah. to be able to act in that in that framework. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. And, and when I hear you talk, um, there's a certain phrase that I hear you repeat all the time, um, which I think is very significant. Um, when we talk about tools, when we talk about layers, when we talk about all of this, um, the phrase I keep hearing is, it's not enough, right? Um, and at whatever layer and whatever tool 
The fact is security and securing your organization, there's no silver bullet. There is no one technology. There's no, no one facet that is going to put you in a position where you should sleep well at night. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, for organizations out there, and, and we know from the folks we talk to, right, they have 10, 20, 40 security tools, just security tools, trying to manage all of this. So they know one tool is not enough. But the way that the response that we typically see is we'll just add more tools, right? But when you don't have um, a framework and you don't have the perspective of, of what plays well together and what integrates well together. And, and we know, and, and I would imagine that any of those tool vendors that you talk to would say, our strengths are here, right? And, and, you know, where we aren't as strong is here. And that's just how it is with any tool. So it's not really um, being disparaging, but with any tool, right, you have your strengths. And what our managed security services try to do is account for those areas that either the tool set isn't as strong, or where we know there may be gaps in between the tool sets, or when we know, hey, if you've got a tool, but if you don't have the right person correlating these tools. And so we're really trying to up-level the tools. Yeah. We're trying to up-level the experience and the attention that you're putting on all of this coming together. And for an organization to do that themselves, it's near impossible because even if you have unlimited funds, even if you have unlimited staff, is that your core business? Yeah. Is that where you want to be spending time? And so I think this, it's not enough. I would imagine folks out there are feeling that somewhere within the security puzzle they're trying to figure out because it's one of those areas where you kind of feel like Sisyphus, right? It's like, yeah, I bought this, but it's still not enough. I'm sliding back. You know, you I've done this. I'm sliding back. You wake up in the morning and rocks back at the bottom of the hill. Right, <laughs> right. The um, it, that's that's accurate, and uh, I had a conversation with a CISO um, this week, and uh, we went through our services and our products, and he wanted to get a deep understanding of what tool we use right now, and I said I'll share with you what we use because we're not hiding it, but please understand that we're constantly refreshing this stack with what is the best in breed. Mm -hmm. Rather than developing our own tools and trying to keep up with the Joneses, we're using best in breed and letting each individual component stand out as what it does best. Right. And then oftentimes one of our products may be made up of three or four commercial products together, mm -hmm. underlying OEM capabilities. Um, so our EDR solution as an example is not one product, mm -hmm. it's three. Mm -hmm. And so when people say you're using Sentinel One, I could use Sentinel One. I'm like, you won't get 50% of what we do if you use Sentinel One on your own. And mm -hmm. let's just say we only use Sentinel One you won't be able to get what we get, even if you're using their uh, the diligence team. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is we're going so far above and beyond in terms of creating uh, policies and rules and correlations in the platforms that we use that every time we see an attack in the market, whether it's our customers or we hear about it in the news or we're reading it in the, in the CISA um, releases, uh, we basically take and create those IOCs across every one of our customers. Right. 
So that attack will not happen without us noticing it inside our customer base. So every customer is benefiting, the global customer base is benefiting yeah. from anything that happens to any one individual customer. And we're securing customers across 23 countries and four continents. We're seeing a lot of things that a small MSP will not, mm -hmm. that um, a, a tool provider who cares about the efficacy of the tool, not managed services or the security approach we're talking about, we're seeing things that they don't see. We care about things that they may not care about mm -hmm. because everything we do is um, all about making sure that we keep the end user safe, mm -hmm. the end company, our customers. And uh, I, I think I've shared this with you. I've talked to many customers about this when they say, uh, what made you get into this space? And I said, we, um, about six years ago, we saw multiple customers get hit with ransomware and many of them paid millions of dollars to recover. Even if the ransom was only a couple hundred thousand, right. they still paid millions of dollars to recover. Right. And ransoms are now a million dollars or more. And at the end of that, we helped them. We did the incident response. We helped them recover. We got them back up and running. We put better tools in place. We rebuilt their infrastructure for them. We did all the things that seemed like the right things. We came in and we did disaster relief. But I still felt like an ambulance chaser. Right. Because... The poor customer was bloody and lying on the ground. And I came and I handed them a bill and said, hey, here's here's your bill for the work we just did. Yeah. All right. And uh, and so um, we decided at that point as a leadership team that the right space for us to get into is to get ahead of this and to mm -hmm. prevent this from happening to any of our customers. Right. So that's the mission we've been on. For sure, for sure. Um and and on that mission point, and um, you know, as we as we wrap up, um, we're talking about preparedness. And we've talked about tools. We've talked about, you know, if you're an organization out there doing anything, you know, you likely have invested in some tools, right? Because you are aware that that security is important. You are aware that you are a, a, a target. Um, we've um, we have put together a, um, an, I'll call it an assessment or health check, um, where we are able to help organizations kind of assess, you know, based on the investments they've made, based on what they've got, um, and, and, you know, based on some of the vulnerabilities we can see, you know, how might they move from, you know, good to better, better to great? Um, and, and what does that roadmap look like? Can you tell us in 60 seconds, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think, um, you know, especially in the cybersecurity awareness month, right? Um, how can I be better prepared? Something like this might really help organizations get a handle on what's next and how do I move to that next level. The uh, yes, we've there's two there's three things actually we've uh, we've got um, many complementary health checks that we do and those complementary health checks are in the areas of email security, network security, um, security holistically. Our security health check covers all those pieces. But we also have uh, those those things require a little bit of engagement with us to deploy an appliance and a couple of agents in your environment so that we can run scans and run some tests and give you a report card, if you will, of what the things look like. And our complementary approach to this is we give you the top 10 things we find. Um, we also do an external posture assessment, security assessment, which is, you know, how do I look like to the world is the, is the key thing to think about. That one requires us to install nothing on your premise, just you giving us the go-ahead. And we can run that and give you a very quick external posture assessment of your world. 
and what the world sees and what hackers see when they're looking at you as the target. Um, and, and so those are very easy things to do. We've also got um, what, uh, Kirsten, you were talking about, which is we call it our economic roadmap. And the idea behind our economic roadmap is, first of all, let's do that health check and get an understanding of how you load across the tools. What tools are you using? What's the state of your tools? Are they effective? Are they blocking um, the, the attacks that the hacker would do? And then if the answer to that is yes, fantastic, you get, you know, you get a gold star and we move on. But if, if the answer to that is no, you could be doing something better here. This economic roadmap is designed to say, um, if you have a tool that's expiring its contract in two years, and then another tool that's expiring in three years, and you have something that is expiring tomorrow, we can talk about how to transition over your life cycle into that five-layered support model, that five-layered security model that I talked about. So you can go from maturity level, wherever you're at, to maturity level five with this economic roadmap and know how to budget it, when to budget it for the years to come. Awesome, awesome. Gotta get that in 60. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, well, thank you for, for joining us. And Shaheen, as always, thank you um, first for the entertainment, for the mask. Um, great to see you in person. Um, great to be on camera in person. And um, we'll see you next month. Be safe.